welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I'm delighted to announce I've got a very special guest. Her name is El Renee Nix. Welcome, El Renee. Hello, hello. Grace and peace to you. Thank you so much, Lynn, the Queen of Hearts. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. El Renee, you're a best selling author, life coach, and mentor. And today, we're going to be uh, talking about toxic relationships but before we get into that Elrene can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about this topic oh absolutely again thank you so much for this opportunity um one of the things that uh I am the reason why I'm so passionate is because I am a helpless romantic um I absolutely love all things love I love all things about relationships and relating to one another. Um, but as most people, I've gone through heartbreak uh, and I had an opportunity in 2018 to co-author a book called Delayed But Not Denied. And the book, I talk about the worst heartbreak I had ever gone through in my life. Um, and that that was the beginning of the journey for healing of love for me. And so when I started realizing that I wasn't the only one, I started wanting, I really started to dig into why we do the things that we do, especially when it comes to toxic relationships. Um, we seem to have such patience for it. We seem to have such understanding for it. But at the same time, we still our behavior doesn't match what we know. Um, and that's one of the lessons that I learned uh, going through. And so I wanted to be married. I was engaged to be married, thought that I was on my way down the aisle. Um, and at the same time, it was the worst <laughs> toxic relationship I had ever been a part of. And so fast forward, I, the passion for me wanting to help uh, singles, especially especially professional singles, um, where you're mastering everything else in your life, but it seems like your love life just is not um, it's not bringing you the joy. It's not actually doing, um, you know, it's not doing what you expected it to do. That's where the passion came from, because I want to help people understand some of the things that we're doing sometimes subtly um, that are keeping us in these what I call time wasting relationships. You know, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of us that are in these toxic relationships, we're not idiots. We're not stupid. Exactly. You know, we have, uh, you know quite confident um, areas of expertise within our you know, within our businesses, for example, or careers. Uh, and yet, when it comes to relationships, we, we quite often get sucked into, you know, these, uh, you know, patterns of behaviours that aren't serving a highest good, are they? Right, exactly, exactly. And I found myself in that situation many, many times. Um, you know, of course, dating in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, they're all different stages. But I had to learn very quickly once I started my journey of healing that I was actually doing the same, making the same mistakes. I was uh, able to have more perspective in my other areas of my life. But when it came to love, I was still in that blind spot and I just didn't understand how much I was just repeating those same cycles over and over again. So interesting. So today we're going to be talking about the 
top three time-wasting traits of toxic relationships. So I think yes, that's obviously yeah. your area of expertise and something you've studied and uh, I've, I've come up with as uh, something that'd be great to share with our listeners today. So take it away, Renee. What are the top three <laughs> oh. time-wasting traits of toxic relationships? Oh my goodness, if I was a poster, right? <laughs> if I was a walking, talking poster, I promise you, these are the things that I, if I could go back to my former self, my younger self, uh, these are the things that I would definitely realize that I was guilty of. Um, and I'll start there because first of all, a lot of times when it comes to relationships, especially when you are a high achiever, when you are a high performer, you don't want to hear that you failed. You don't want to hear that you've made mistakes because uh, a lot of times in your career, you're, you're paid to be a problem solver. Um, but one of the things is I had to admit that I did not know how to date. I really was not good at dating. I was trying to pursue dating in a totally different way than I was the other areas of my life. So if I had to start with those three things, the first thing that I realized was that um, I did not know how to necessarily date. Um, I was just kind of stabbing at the straws, so to speak, when it came to selecting someone um, based upon what I wanted and what I needed. I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, that's one of the main time wasters. We have got to stop going with the flow. I believe that high profession, high yielding uh, professionals, just like we're intentional with our career, we're intentional with our health, we're intentional, you know, about our goals in life. I think we have to be the same way. I was wasting my time hoping that someone was going to just magically be something that I had never even actualized myself. You know, I just kind of thought that they would blend into what I was thinking in my head. Uh, and so that's one of the first things that I say is that we've got to stop uh, not dating intentionally and, and actually even having a clear understanding of what dating means to you. Um, a lot of times we're wasting our time because we are entertaining people assuming that dating means the same thing. And actually, this person might think that it's an exclusive thing. And this other person may say that uh, dating is after so many uh, dates or after so much time has gone past. So dating has changed in terms of the definition. Um, so that's one of the things that I think a lot of times we put so much stake in what just the word dating means, and most of us are thinking so many different things. So I advise singles to know uh, what you mean by dating. The other thing that I think that is definitely a uh, time waster is I had a hard time breaking up with this image that I had in my head about the absolute best relationship. Um, I was uh, really actually... Um, I was actually reducing some of the candidates and some of the quality people that I was coming in contact with. A lot of times I was already eliminating them because they weren't lining up with this image that I had in my head. Um, and so sometimes I couldn't see the person for who they were. And then on the other side, if I was meeting someone who actually did meet those qualifications in my head, I wasn't able to see the person for who they really were and their toxic traits. Uh, so that kept me in a lot of situations way too long. That'd be the third thing I would say is that a lot of times that we waste our time staying way past the expiration date, especially if if you are what I call an emotional hoarder. Uh, you tend to hold on to the nostalgia. You tend to hold on to the memories. You want to hold on to the fantasy. Uh, that makes you stay in relationships way past its time. And in a lot of times it just ends up adding uh, more stress um, more damage to our psyche, more damage to our soul, more damage to our heart. Uh, and then we don't spend enough time in between. I guess if I had a 3A, we don't spend enough time 
in between relationships, really digging in and allowing ourselves to reset, allowing ourselves to go through that healing period. So that's what I would uh, begin the, the situation or begin this conversation is that these are things that I had to learn the hard way. There wasn't a book, although I, I'm an avid reader, uh, I love to write and I go to seminars, I studied these things, but it wasn't until I took the time to sit down. <laughs> uh, I sat myself down for quite a bit after that heartbreak and I didn't allow myself, uh, even though I was bored and wanted to still date and I wanted to move on, but I made myself sit in some of the things um, that I was experiencing so that I started realizing some of the things that I was doing that was actually uh, wasting my time and actually hurting my chances of finding that lasting love. Excellent. So can we delve a little bit deeper then into each of these three areas? The the first one sure. about, you know, um, what what do you mean by dating and, and being intentional? So what specifically mm -hmm. could you give, you know, as advice to, or what do you give as advice or what did you give as advice to yourself and to your clients that you work with around mm -hmm. that first one? Well, one of the things that I have done is I had to really, um, decide my dating readiness. And I have, uh, when I work with my clients, I'm, I like to work with, I give them an actual dating readiness quiz. Um, and it's nothing long and lengthy, but it makes you actually think and be, and make a decision not to just only think with your heart about it, but to actually decide whether or not you're in the right space uh, to accept the right kind of love, the love that you're looking for. Um, some of the things that I had to do is I had to go back and ask myself, you know, was I still, uh, did I have adequate closure? Um, was I actually using the boundaries that I had set? Um, or that if, or there are no boundaries. Let me go there. Um, to be honest with you, I was horrible with boundaries. Uh, and that's that was one of the main things I also saw. Uh, so I encourage people to make sure that you are aware of what your boundaries are. If you're someone who struggles with boundaries, then I would definitely encourage you to make sure that you strengthen yourself in that way before you move forward. Um, when I say be intentional, I mean you, not what the other person says that they want to be to you, but I mean, have you made a decision? decision about what you want and what you're looking for. Um, a lot of times I was guilty of what I call the wait and see method. Um, and that was because I was like, well, I'm going to put my heart invested into this situation and I'm going to wait and see if the person decides that they want to match up with what I'm looking for, as opposed to me knowing what I was looking for before I ever engaged in this, in this relationship with the person. And then going into it, I would be able to see whether or not what I was looking for was matching up with what they were offering. That would have cut off so much time um, in the, now in hindsight, if I would have done that before, if I would have just been clear about what I was looking for, not the fantasy that I was looking for, but the reality of I wanted a partner. I wanted someone uh, where we complimented uh, one another. I did not want someone who was just like me. I wanted it to be complimentary. Um, I knew that I wanted someone uh, who themselves were able to manage their emotions, not another broken person meeting another broken person. These are certain things that we enter into relationships assuming that we know even about ourselves, that at the end of the day, I found out I didn't know any of those things because I never stopped to ask myself that. So when I say be intentional, I don't mean the list. Let me say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the list. I'm only talking about just being clear about what your values and goals are. What are you looking for? What is the outcome? 
Do you want a lasting love relationship? Are you just ready to have uh, or ready to date just for entertainment, just having companionship? These are important, important uh, things for you to be able to ask yourself. And I think you will avoid a lot of time wasting when you know those things before you even engage in a relationship. It's not too late. I will say that it's not too late if you uh, find yourself already dating and you start to ask those questions. Um, but it does definitely helps you uh, to weed out uh, who is really serious and who's not. If you ask yourself those questions in the beginning. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we we lose valuable time in our single state if you know, right. status don't we not doing mm -hmm. this stuff for ourselves don't we exactly and just simple question it doesn't have to be a lifelong journey all the time but just even being um just getting um what's the word i think i want to say just actually being aware you know a lot of times again because we want to be led by our heart we want to just you know again i'm a hopeless romantic so i watch the movies and you know i subscribe <laughs> to all of that he, we see each other across the room and we gaze and we just you know start to fly but the reality is we have to know if we are ready for love you know and if, and then if we're ready for love then that's going to help us better determine whether or not the person that we are interested in is ready but when we're both just still on the wings of love you know it's just an it's a gamble <laughs> it's a gamble trust me on that one yeah absolutely 100% agree so the the second um tr trait with um lining up and and meeting their values and making sure that your values are aligned with theirs mm -hmm. can you give examples of um how you ask questions either to yourself or you to your clients around that particular trait oh sure um one of the biggest things that i had to learn was i had to at least identify what my perception of love was you know, how I perceive, you know, a lot of times we have, again, these, um, you know, our culture, our background, our experiences, how I perceive love based upon my own parents. Um, my parents have been married for over 50 years. My grandparents uh, were married for over 60, 70 years. So I'd always been around longevity in love. So my perception, though, was based upon what I saw in love. I saw the traditional roles of marriage. I saw, um, you know, the longevity. I saw the patience. I saw the growing with one another. I saw uh, forgiveness on a different level. These are the kinds of just basic questions that if, if, if at least you are able to identify that this is what I think love looks like. That's a great conversation starter. Uh, one of the things I was guilty of was that I would start a lot of times conversations just letting the person that I was interested in, I would let them lead the conversation. And it would be on what I would call these surface uh, dating questions, these surface tendencies, you know, what do you like to do? You know, what's your favorite color? You know, uh, I love your eyes eye color, you know, things of that nature. And those are just the initial phases. But I mean, to begin to learn how to ask questions that will get those deeper answers, um, not to be too intense. I'm not saying I, on my show, a lot of times I'll say, I'm not talking to the rigid readers of the world <laughs> who have that list and are saying you have to fill every box and every you know box has to be checked. No, I'm saying that these are questions that you can begin to ask yourself. Where does my understanding and concept of love come from? Um, because that will carry and follow you into relationships. And that will, a lot of times when you think about it, uh, when the relationship is over, it's going to go back to those core values. It's going to go back to those core expectations. So wouldn't it help if we all ask those questions before we ever got to the first date? 
Yeah, and I think I've been guilty of as well as, you know, hearing my clients say the same thing around, you know, not giving somebody who could potentially be a really good match the chance to really show who they are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just based on probably not instantly being physically attracted, let's say. Oh my goodness. That that's actually how I met my husband. And uh by the way, I just got married last year. So again, these are oh, not congratulations. That... <laughs> yeah, I just got married last year. So uh these are things that I am living, okay? I am the example <laughs> of doing these things that I'm sharing with you. I'm not just telling you some things from a hundred years ago. I'm actually the experiment myself. Uh and that's that's uh it's so crazy how I met my husband because uh, he had been reaching out to me online for a while. And I always said that he had a beautiful smile, um, but I was still holding on to what I thought the person was supposed to look like. Not that he wasn't attractive, not that I wasn't, uh, didn't think that it was potential, but I did talk myself out of, you know, allowing him, allowing myself to get to know him because I wasn't ready to break up with that image. And that was the truth of things. And so now I think I'm so thankful and grateful that I finally had some sense and said, listen, you know, you're doing it this way, you know, and it's been you've been doing it this way for so long and it didn't work. So what's the problem? Why can't you try something new? So once I tried something new, guess what? I met the love of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I think it's the one of the best advice I've, I, I've given, I think, is, you know, trust how you feel around a guy, not how he looks. Yes. Yes, yes. Because I've, de- you know, I had to be honest with myself. That's another thing I would definitely say. Um, I had to get honest with myself. I have dated the ideal guy who I thought was ideal. I had dated what, you know, the ideal person that I thought physically was my match. And it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, but at the end of the day, when I started looking at the characteristics that I was looking for, even the physical characteristics, not necessarily that he has to be tall, he has to be this, but it was something about that one person, like you said, how I felt around that one person that drew me in. You know, I dated the dude that looked like I wanted him to look, but his his personality was just toxic. Um, But once I opened up my heart and mind to what was aligned with what I needed in my life, my whole dating pattern changed. It really did, really did. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, can, I can wholeheartedly say that I was guilty of doing exactly the same. Exactly. <laughs> those mistakes myself and, uh, you know, know that, you know, most of us, I think, man, woman, uh, regardless, uh, are, are guilty of the same. Men probably more so because they are more visual and, and exactly. do initially go on, you know, the, the physical attraction, don't they? Exactly. And I had even my male clients, one of the things that I try to do with them is I try to, again, address those inner uh, desires. You know, um, I try to get away from the cultural, what I call cultural desires, because, again, men are visual. Um, And I try to remind them of those examples of when you have had the ideal female who, you know, met all of your physical characteristics. And then I try to remind them now, okay, which one do you prefer, which still goes back to what what's I want the lasting love I think that's what we all are saying if I'm going to go through the ups and downs of life I want it to last I want this to those vows that we take to be you know forever I want that forever love and once I started realizing that um it 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 just changed my whole perspective about the way I was dating and pursuing love it really did excellent so anything else that you want to add around that second 
time-wasting trait before we delve a bit deeper into the third one? No, I think I think that's it. I think that it's, I will say this, because a lot of times um, I would be listening to podcasts like your own. And um, if I was going through these things, let me just encourage your listeners um, to give yourself some grace. You know, sometimes, a lot of times we, especially if you are a high yielding, high achieving professional, um, you do have expectations of yourself to always excel. Um, and when you find yourself not excelling in the area of love, one of the greatest friends that I had through my healing journey, even before I met my husband was grace. And even now that I'm married, I'm still offering myself grace because I'm still trying to unlearn a lot of the things that I thought I needed to do and be in order to be in a successful relationship. So if you're listening at this point and you're already about ready to just change the channel because you feel like, oh my God, I've done another thing wrong. I just invite you at this point to take a deep breath and give yourself some grace. Absolutely. hundred percent. And you know, uh, I always say, you know, don't beat yourself up. We've all made these mistakes and we don't oh, know we don't know until we do. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. The point is, are you going to do something about it now that you know? That was what I had to really, you know, give it gave me comfort to know that now that I am aware, now I have a responsibility to do something different. So that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So delving a bit deeper into the third um time wasting trait. Um can you give us examples of of how that related to you and your journey? Oh, yes. Um, I believe that was the one that I said about the projecting or did I say about the breaking up with the fantasy? I, they all kind of merge in together. Yeah. But I'll start. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it was a bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. OK, well, I'll, I'll continue to. Yes, I'll go a little deeper. Um, one of the things that I had to learn as well is that once I became intentional about dating, I knew what I was looking for. I knew that I was. Um, making the steps to begin to finally break up with that fantasy guy that does not exist, that perfect guy that doesn't exist. Um, and even to my expectations about being a partner, once I started adjusting uh, and giving myself grace, realizing that I didn't have to overperform to be whatever I thought the partner needed and wanted in order to be loved and accepted, I started realizing that instead of me actually thinking that I was looking for a partner, what I actually was doing was I was becoming a project manager. I was taking on relationships and I was trying to be a manager, <laughs> you know, because again, I, I'm excelling at work. So I'm taking the tendencies that I have in my career um, as an educator and I take them on as a student. And I, I started trying to, especially when I saw the toxic traits. Um, once I started seeing that this person was not aligning to my values um, and that uh, especially if they were narcissistic, especially if they um, were not honest, especially if I started to see that it was very one-sided. Those are my big deal breakers. I started realizing that, wait a minute, this is becoming work, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's going feel like work. <laughs> you know, uh, and the difference is that that was wasting my time because I thought that I had to be things to this person in order for them to change. Uh, that was just one of the biggest ways that I wasted my time. I had to begin to put ownership on the fact that I was not supposed to be your project manager. That was not my role. My role was for us to, of course, support one another, but not lead you and you not lead me. I think I started realizing how much pressure I was putting on my partner or my potential partner 
to be every answer that I needed, every solution, every, you know, to fix everything. And, and, and I even did a, I did a series one time that I had to admit that, help, I'm a fixer. I wanted to fix this person. And that wastes so much time trying to fix other people. The only thing that we can do is to try to work on ourselves. If you're going to waste the energy or not even waste, if you're going to exude the energy, the best energy to use is to fix yourself, to work on the things that bring you joy, to work on healing those traumas or work on, you know, the areas that, you know, tell the truth that, you know, um, are really just time wasting in your own life. That's the mandate. It's not for me to fill the void of someone else's issues. And that, that was something that, you know, it hurt. It didn't feel good. You know, again, I, I, I consider myself a high achieving, you know, female. And I, I wanted to feel like I was succeeding in every area. Um, but in all honesty, I had to really, that was a dark day, but I'm so glad that I sat in it. I didn't run away from it that, listen, you've got to admit that you have been trying to manage another human being. And that's not the role. That's not what I want to do. Even in my marriage now, I keep reminding myself, that's not my job. I'm not here to be your mother. Although sometimes let's go there as women, you know, (laughs) to be (laughs) slash mommy, you know, but at the same time, I have to remind myself and I almost have to make sure that my boundary about that is in place. You know, and that's something that as a single uh, woman, I was not good at. I wasn't good at boundaries. Again, I'm, I wanted to please my partner. I wanted them to always be satisfied with me and, and, and happy and delightful about me and everything that I was. Well, the honesty is that none of us are perfect. So it was it just kept me in a lot of, of vicious cycles. And it, it made me stay in relationships way past this time. So that's what I would say to go deeper about trying to you know, be something to other people that at the end of the day, you're not even being to yourself. You know, we don't owe it to others to fix them. We just want to love them and they love us back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, by working on yourself, you're all ultimately um, exuding a different energy on the back of that, which then they quite often change their behaviors to match that in a positive way too, don't they? Absolutely. And I am a witness of that. My husband, um, Absolutely. I, I saw the changes before my eyes and I'm not just saying that, but I am convinced that had I not done my own work, I would have taken advantage of or I would have misused or I would have even misread what I saw him doing. You know what I mean? A lot of times, sometimes we'll think, well, you know, I don't want a man who uh, is just lets me have my way, so to speak. Um, but to be honest, it's not even that when you understand what it's about and, and you understand the healing of total acceptance. You know, I struggled with that growing up with acceptance and rejection and abandonment. Those were some issues and traumas that I dealt with growing up. So at first it was very, very hard to accept. You almost thought it was too good to be true, you know? So it wasn't until I did my own work, my work, that I started realizing, no, this is how a person is supposed to respond. And I could have easily dismissed those things had I not done the work. Excellent. I I love that you're a shining example of your own work and you've seen the results you know, in how that, you know, your husband responded to that probably, you know, even before you decided to get engaged and married to him. Very much so. Very much so. He is actually the reflection. And that's something I learned too. When you align with your goals and your values about love and you begin to attract those people that also align with that, they will be a reflection of your work. Because there were things that he did that I would have, I had spent years with the wrong person trying to make them do. Whereas when I got with the right person, 
I didn't have to even ask. They were things that he automatically realized that he needed to do. And I thought, is this what it was all? This was, <laughs> is this what it was supposed to be like? Like, what have I been doing? <laughs> I just realized I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> I was doing it all wrong. But thank goodness that I was able to, you know, again, give myself the grace to say, hey, listen, you, didn't, you couldn't do better when you didn't know better. But I, I just want your listeners to be encouraged that true, trust me, that when you begin to do your own work, you will begin to see that your dating patterns change and the kind of people that you attract, they will start to do the things that you've been looking for. And you won't have to work hard and beg and plead and do all those things. That was the things that I was wasting my time trying to do. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability and your own personal experiences on this particular yes. episode, El Renee. Um, I really appreciate that. So how can our listeners get in touch with you if they uh want to reach out and make contact? Absolutely. I do a Facebook live series called Single and Save in the Kingdom. Um, it is a faith-based uh, live show that I do. I do a show every week. You can find me on Facebook under L. Renee Nix. That's L. Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E -E, Nix, N-I-X. You can find me every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm over in the U.S., uh, and every Thursday we talk about life, love, we talk about the tricks uh, and the traps, and then we always end with the truth about love. Uh, we talk about how we've been tricked in love. We talk about not only just the horror stories, but I like to talk about dating solutions. That's my whole goal. That's my passion is to give singles answers. I know how I felt when I was going through the same things. I wanted answers. I didn't want another horror story. I didn't want another lecture. I wanted someone to help me find those answers, how I was disconnected in love. So every Thursday, you can find me on Facebook under L. Renee Nix, and I'd love for you all to join the community. Uh, and I'm just so excited about what we are learning from each other. You know, we're gleaning from each other. Nobody has all the answers. No, they don't. And it's it's lovely that you're not only sort of um, sharing negative experiences, but positive results on the back of that discussion. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. And I got to get you on, Lynn. Absolutely. <laughs> love I'd love to. Love to. Talk. Sure. So any final words of wisdom to share before we close the episode, Renee? Okay. Uh, I, I think the main thing that I want your listeners to walk away from um, is understanding that love is possible. Love does not take a long time once you get in alignment. Um, I fought that for a long time. Again, I'm, I'm very transparent about my journey. I fought the work that I had to do um, just because I think that I didn't, I thought it was going to be harder. I thought that I sometimes I didn't think that I had the capacity for it, um, but it was worth it. It was worth it. And I only want to encourage your leaders, I mean, your readers, I'm sorry, your listeners. Uh, sometimes I get switched up with how who I'm talking to. <laughs> I only want to encourage your listeners that, you know, don't give up on your dreams. They are possible. But what we do have to give up uh, is number one, how the dream comes alive. Um, we have to give up who we think the dream is going to be manifested through. And we definitely have to give up uh, the expectation that the dream will be perfect. The dream will be perfect for you, but it won't be it won't come in a perfected box. Uh, and that was one of the greatest lessons that I learned. And be patient with yourself. Give yourself the grace that when you recognize you're making some toxic mistakes, you are time wasting. If you're in a relationship right now um, that is not yielding what you want, give yourself permission to walk away. 
it's better in the end to walk away than to allow someone to stay in your life and continue to cause havoc and to continue to waste your time. You know, life is precious. If the pandemic hasn't taught us anything, life is very, very precious. And so we don't have time to waste with people who are not aligned with where we're going. So I just encourage you all to stay faithful and true to your own values. Excellent. Love that. Thank you for that. And, uh, you know, for sharing your your wise words of wisdom at the end there. Lots of great gems within that. Thank you so much, Renee, Renee, I should say. Uh, I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you today. I have too. Thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate this opportunity and I'd love to come back anytime. Thank you all. So it just leaves me to say, listeners, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.